Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to Karate Without Belts. I'm John. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome, welcome, folks, to another exciting edition of Karate Without Belts. Quickly up top, please support the Shuri Castle reconstruction effort. Um, that link is in the description below. Uh, thank you, you folks who have been liking and subscribing and hitting notifications. Um, I hate to be that kind of YouTube personality, but I do want to thank people who have done that because they've, that's, that's really helpful to us. Um, so thank you for that. Jeremy, how the heck have you been doing? Oh, just been uh, just been crazy. Um, just trying to get a lot of work done at my at my uh, normal job, my day to day job, and I'm trying to get it done before everybody starts taking vacations and stuff. So yeah, we're hitting the end of the year. So yeah. I'm thinking we should do something like to commemorate the end of the year. Um, I don't know what what we do exactly, but. Um, we'll see about that. Stay tuned, folks, for more. Um, you, you, have you been able to really hit much more tra training with the, with the knee situation, or is just work just take overtaking everything? Um, I, I have. It was really interesting. I just got into an itch earlier this week to, you know, work on Tonbo and stuff, and was like, it's something that I really haven't worked on, and. I mean, I've done it, but I just hadn't worked on it in quite some time. And it was like, just kind of got into it, just nice and easy and really working on all the movements and stuff. And not a lot of power, but just really looking at where I'm at, where it's at, you know, how it applies to different things, looking at it from different kata basis and stuff, how I can use an empty hand, how I can use it in, you know, other weapons. So it was kinda it was kind of a nice change. It, it, was, it was just really weird. I just kinda had an itch to do it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So cool. So, so you really find anything different now now going back into it and kind of having to kind of listen to your body a little more? Um <laughs> just just from the aging perspective, it's like, you know, there certain movements are not as crisp, so it's kind of like, okay, maybe I gotta do something a little different, add, add a little shuffle step here, shuffle step there, to make different techniques work and stuff, so that, that's, that was kind of the, the one thing that I, I kind of took away from it, and then once I started uh, looking at other other stuff is like, yeah, we started looking at shuffle stepping and uh, other techniques from them. And I was like, okay, okay, that's just just where I'm at now. So that's cool, cool. You actually inspired me to get off my butt and uh, actually do something about my tombow less situation. Because <laughs> um, it. Uh, Last week, after we recorded, and we we were we were getting talking about weapons, and Jeremy was like, "What? What, what do you mean you're not practicing Tombow?" And it was like, "Well, I don't have any, and you know, I don't feel like you know paying to have them shipped in." It's like, just get a hacksaw and, and a dowel, and like, not the most exciting way. Of, you know, like swords, swords have this like exciting, you know, mythology about them, right? 
where you know they they're handcrafted from the steel of whatever whatever and you know forged and they've got like seven different names for the hilts and the and the and whatever and just for like karate it's just like it's a stick and it's a bigger stick and it's two small sticks and it's the thing that we put in the ground and then this one other stick hanging hang together with another string and it, this is another another fork that we just put on top of the stick and and we just it doesn't have the same kind of um over over long mythology so i'm gonna make one right now is that i went down to to the store and found the dowel from the living tree down aisle seven and forged it from the uh i can't i can't get that far anyway i just cut it down cut it sanded it down bam to three dowels later i got uh, i got a bow to and two or i got a bow joe and two tombos so yeah, it's um, it is interesting. I mean, my my engineering profession it's kind of interesting lately. It's it's been you know we have all these complex solutions, and all of a sudden, and you know, my boss will come up to me and is like, "Well, what do you think?" You know, I'm like, "I think we need to make it as simple as possible. Let's cut out this, do this, and bam, here we got our solution." Is that gonna work? Oh, let's try it. Let's do it. You know, so that's just kind of that's kind of been the mindset I've been in for about the last six months. Like, man, just make it simple. Move on. Let's go. Make sure it works. Make sure it's solid. And that usually works the best. So, yeah. I mean, normally. Yeah. So having a couple st- sticks, uh, Tombo, Tombo, I, Tombo is near and dear to my heart in a lot of ways, and I. Wish I was better at it than I am, but now I've got a couple. Actually, work on that now. So I think Tombo is a good way of kind of transitioning into what we're talking about. So, how many Tombo Kado do we need, Jer- Jeremy? Four or one? I'd say one, but I mean, you now you talk to somebody else and they may say four of these, but you know, it's. Um, yeah. I, I think, personally, I think if you if you have one and understand the, I guess, the dynamics of it, if you understand the dynamics and stuff like that of the, uh, of the weapon and all that kind of stuff, I think that is. Um, I think that's. Um, I think that's really important um, because I mean, if you understand the basically the design or the of the of the fundamental or the foundation of something, you can build off of that. If if that makes sense. Perfectly, I think. I think that gets us into where we're where we're going today and talking about not the difference but the the kind of duality of knowledge and skill. Yeah. And how you know, even use Tombo's an entire example throughout the podcast, but I don't know if everybody would be too happy with that, but oh well. Um the because you know, my background Tombow is something I think is the first weapon I learned without even knowing it. 
just with one stick instead of two when I learned that through our niece. So I kind of had the basics of using a weapon without knowing necessarily the Okinawan and basics of using the weapon. But how much the skill of something that I learned through one art would transfer over to the knowledge of another art might, might possess. But having knowledge of all that and having skill with all that can kind of go in two different ways. So that's one topic we'll discuss today. Yeah, I, you know, it, it is interesting. You know, you, you look at it from that perspective. Where it's like, how, how many kata of one thing do you need to, to completely master something? Or, or to build complete knowledge of it and stuff? Or to, be, or to build skill from it? Um, it might I, not even be that. Yeah, I, I, I think... In order to build skill, you definitely need at least a base foundational knowledge set to build off of, like like, we're, like I was talking a minute ago. Um, um, but I think people get knowledge and skill mixed up a lot. What do you think is one way they, they get that mixed up? Well, I think... Sometimes people look at knowledge as, "Hey, I've got, I, I've got you know, ten different kata of bow. Let's let's switch weapons. Right. Switch, switch something. Right. I've got ten ten kata of bow that I know. Great." You may understand how it works from from each one of those kata, but can you really adapt to it? Can you make something work? Can you actually analyze what's actually going on with those kata and actually make it work for yourself? And, I mean that's I mean that's up to the individual. I mean how many how many times have you seen and 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 I'm not picking on this because I think I think there's a natural progression to what I'm about to say. How many people or how many times have you seen a as I like to call it a a kata by numbers kind of regiment or knowledge base? Which I think that's good to a point to teach teach the kata and get it down and actually have some of the knowledge. But but to build skill from it, it, it has to progress. I mean, P Picasso did not paint by numbers. That's 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 kind of one of the things that I've, I've always kind of told people that. That, strict, that stick to a number regimen. Okay, this movement is number four. This movement is number five. That's great. That's awesome that you know that. But until you're able to internalize it and make it your own, it's not going to be your own. And you're not going to really build skill with it. Right. I mean, can't be Picasso and can't be Bob Ross. Um, hey, hey, don't, hey don't, don't be messing with Bob Ross, man. I'll tell you what, man. 
Bob Ross got But hey man, I, I remember the I remember the Bob Ross classes. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Just gotta shake yeah. it out right there. Just shake it out. Hey, um, yeah, yeah, the killer Afro man. I tell you what, he was awesome. So anyway, one, one day, one day, I long time ago, <laughs> I had that too. But um, the 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 they're almost two different things to a degree because you're right in saying they need some sort of like you need some sort of knowledge to get the skill right so yeah. you need to be able to know stance you know where hand positions are and things like that but there's and there's skill acquired through learning those kind of rudimentary things mm-hmm. i think even more primordial more foundational is like balance posture relaxation you know moving with ease you know there there are a couple of things that even people i know who've been training for years still have not really mastered um but in order to get some sort of skill i think those things need to be need to be need to be achieved and they're not exactly something you can you can say have balance get and get balance and balance is different for everyone based on you know their body type and kind of what their limits are and stuff like that. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, that goes back to kind of the very first thing I was talking about with me working with Tonbo this, this week. Right. And it's like, you know, that was some of the stuff that I was working on. I was like, I cannot do certain things like I used to like go into some of the deeper stances whenever I'm crouching down, I have to kind of, okay, my my knee is not going to bend like that so therefore i've got to adjust i've got to know to be able to adjust where that that i think now what would i say oh i'm the most no i'm not saying i'm the most skillful but i'm i'm at least attentive enough to pay attention to that and it's like okay i've got to change this this is not going to work for me right now this isn't going to work for me like I was when I was 25. Right. It's just not. So I got to pay attention to these things. And I, and I think, you know, looking back, I think that was one of the things that Mr. Yana was really trying to teach when I was, when I was in his classes was, you know, you, you, things are going to change. You, you're not. You're not gonna have, you're not gonna be able to have the power and speed that you've had all your life. You know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're not gonna have that power. When you're in your 50s and 60s, you're not gonna have that speed. Things start slowing down, and you've got to adjust. Right. This is and the big that, difference between our martial, like martial arts, and like boxing, and you know sport fighting and stuff like that well yeah and i mean i, I mean i'm not getting onto that tangent but yeah I, well i mean i'm kind of curious to see how some of these you know really big name mma fighters and i'm i'm trying to get into that but i mean because i mean they have a point you know at that level of competition but how are they going to be able to to hold that skill when they're 60, 70 years old. I mean, you're not going to be able, 
I, I don't think you're going to be able to hold that much, be able to generate that kind of complete power like they do at that level. They're, they're going to have to adjust their skill set. Right. And I think, I mean, it goes, that goes right into it where there's a skill, there's a skill set that whatever level or whatever you're trying to achieve has. And I think that's something we tend to ignore because we uh, our charts are filled with what katas and exercises right all the charts are tend to be filled with that we don't necessarily have evaluation for i've seen some people have it but very few and far between of a kind of evaluation for skill right but i mean you you also hit a point on that too is like you've got exercises in in kata what are we doing with them you know, how, how many times have you heard certain people say, well, it's just an exercise. I mean, that drives me up a wall. Every time I hear, kata is just an exercise. Well, if that's just an exercise, why don't you call it an exercise, not a kata? There's a difference. Be like yeah. that guy who bought his uh, wife a, what was it, elliptical machine, and she was really happy about it. And that commercial caused him all sorts of, <laughs> sorts of oh, problems. Peloton, yeah. No. <laughs> Just get one of those if you just want to do an exercise. Well, yeah, I, I, I still, I've watched that commercial like four or five times afterwards. I still don't see what the big deal is, but whatever. Hey, whatever. Somebody else can make a big deal out of it, not me. I care. But I, I mean, you know, like if it's yeah. saying it's an exercise, I mean, there was at one point I was teaching. I had like one or two students, and we were doing kata, and we were kind of doing like kind of back and forth a little bit of. Uh, prearranged you know, technique and whatnot. Then we go out for a run. And we go out for like a four or five mile run, maybe. And afterwards, you know, we do that for like, we did that for like two or three months. And then we were, we were like, you know, is this really just work out or is this to, to build something else? I really, that, it was the, that, that, question that really made me question what I was doing because up to that point it was just like well we have these katas in the chart so let's just do them oh we have like a couple pre-range exercises let's do those too well let's get let's get in shape guys let's go for a run <laughs> it's, it's you can't necessarily see karate in that mindset 100% of the time yeah I, I think I think a lot of it gets into, you know, part of it's, you know, I, I've talked about intentionality or, or whatever your focus is. If your focus is, is to basically check things off of a checklist. Okay. That's knowledge. That's great. That's awesome. If you're wanting to build skill, you can't, you can't have a checklist mentality or checklist type of training attitude. It's got to be, Hey, how are we building skill? How are we analyzing this? What are we looking at from this point of view? How are we doing this? Well, and I, I think the thing that gets mistaken is people are do they do like a certain kata for X amount of years. They say, I'm really skilled in doing this kata. And that generally equates to I do this kata very fast, or I can do this kata very strongly, or I can do this exercise in a in a really impressive form which in itself is very good. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean there's any real skill derived from that other than kind of performance so that i think that's a th- that's a thing people don't know how to kind of dig out of kata dig out of exercises even dig out of sparring because sparring itself is an exercise we can't really ignore that um right like what is the skill you're trying to derive from sparring just get good at sparring i mean if if that's all you're really looking for i mean from that point of view i mean i a very senior student once told me a bit of wisdom he he was he was telling me a story with um, him and Mr. Riata, and he, he said, Mr. Riata asked him, he's like, well, what, what do you want out of this training? He goes, I want to be a great fighter. So like, I don't need this. Go, go get into fights. That's how you become a great fighter. So that's what he did. And so, I mean, granted, you know, it's a different mentality today, you know, so it's... Well, it's not the seventies anymore. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not. It's, you know, it's, I, I think that's a good thing for the most part. Man, Sometimes. the seventies were like fifty years ago, and that's so weird because the seventies were like twenty years ago. Yeah, I know. Don't, don't remind me. So, <laughs> um, that means that means something different to me than to you. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that that's kind of the thing, though, right? Like, even if we look at sparring, even if we get out of the, the kind of rooted mentality of, you know, kata, um, because sparring itself is, is, a, is a piece of knowledge, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? You have to know, like, and depending upon what kind of sparring you're doing, there's knowledge, there's knowledge associated with that. Absolutely. So, now, would sparring is, is would you would could we agree that sparring is kind of the like the pinnacle of the of this of the skills attempted to be learned in karate? I don't think it's a pinnacle. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's one of the foundational skills in karate. Yes. And it's one of the fundamental foundations. But it's an, but it isn't that isn't like an arriving point. Like it's no, not it's, it's not a point where like we got basics, then we got kata, and then finally we have we have arrived at real karate, which is kumite. Well, I, see, I because I those know. those three things are in some ways completely different, but they're all they also all feed into each other. Well, I, me personally, I think the pinnacle would be more technique because that's really putting in exercises. That's putting in kata. That's putting in your kumite. That's putting in everything. How's your technique actually going to come out? And I'll, I'll never forget this one. It was one of the first times Mr. Yada worked with me on a technique in he he put on a simple arm bar and probably a lot of people are, oh yeah, I remember this. I'll never forget this. He put this arm bar on me and I 
swear I felt like I wanted to just literally pee my pants. It hurt that bad. I mean, it was like, God, you know, that wasn't the amazing part. I mean, to this so day, I'm at the pain. yellow nerve, like the brown I, note. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he hit the yellow nerve. No, um, or the bladder nerve or whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. And to this day, I I don't know. But the thing that amazed me the most wasn't so much. I mean, I never had an arm bar that intense put on me. But what amazed me is when he took it off. Normally, whenever somebody puts an arm bar on you, you know, you just feel a little stretchy in your, your arm a little bit and things like that. When he took it off, nothing. And I'm just like, and to this day, I'm still like, how in the heck did he do? I mean, I, I still think about that. Right. It's been, I mean, it's been, geez, I don't even know how many years ago that was. I mean, least I, I I couldn't even tell you how many years that was ago. But it, it just I mean it to me that that was skill personified. To me, that's what that was. Because just being able to do that. Just to be I mean, and you think, geez, that's just a simple arm bar, Jerry. But it's like he knew it to a point, to a T. To where it, it was just at an unbelievable level and he had enough skill set not to not to hurt me in any way other than the pain I was feeling at that moment and once I was done it was done right you know it, it was like holy cow so I mean I mean, take take that for what it's worth, but that's just kind of an example that I have of what I think is like true skill. So if that's the skill, what's the knowledge that needed to? So like even a, an example there would be, what would be the knowledge there in order to get there? Whether is knowledge the arriving point in skill, or is skill the arrival arriving point in knowledge? Or are they just kind of, I don't know, two sides of the same coin in that regard? kind of like chicken and the egg but you know i mean um i i think i think skill is the arriving point of knowledge Cause, okay because i mean you know i i can take a calculus book and i mean if you look at it hey here's a bunch of knowledge but until i know how to build a bridge with it or how how to design something physical or something in physics or something like that really doesn't mean a whole lot other than, Hey, it's knowledge. It's right. what you do with it. It's what you do with it. Well, and then it gets to this point where it's like those who actually have mastered the craft understand that every time they do it, it isn't just a reactionary function, right? right. It's it like every time it's new. And every like every every punch is a new punch. Yeah. Right. Like every punch is a, is is that new. Like if you you I'm assuming you went at him full full tilt with that with when he did that to you. He wasn't just grabbing your arm and then boom. Right. I I I don't think I was 
it, was, it wasn't quite full tilt, but it was it was definitely at least three quarters. I mean, it was definitely at least three quarters speed at least. Right. So I think that skill that skill. I guess what I'm getting at here is that that skill level makes you aware enough to to be able to put on whatever you got to put on or do whatever you got to do, you know, at a moment's notice. Not as necessarily reactive reactionary skill, but as just this is what I know how to do. But then I have to kind of in a split second learn how to adjust and adapt because each person is different. Each each time is different, but it's the, it's the same thing, but it's different every time. If that well, makes sense. I, yeah, I mean, definitely on that perspective, yes. But then you also bring up another perspective, which is reactionary skill. Right. Which I, I don't know if you want to talk about that or... No, we can. I mean, because okay. I, mean, I, think the, I think reactionary skill, if... I guess more like this. If skill is only seen as reactionary, right? Even in martial arts, is skill only going to be that reactionary or is it going to be proactive, I guess, in that regard? I I, I think you have, personally, I think you have both. I mean, you have to have both. Right. I mean, you, you have skill set enough to where you can... You can look at a situation and basically look at it from a proactive standpoint, correct? Right. You agree with that? But then there's also going to be times when something something doesn't go quite the way you want it to. <laughs> you right. Know? I mean, you're going to miss something, or 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 kind of like what I mentioned in. A couple of the previous podcasts. One of the things that, one of the things that I kind of figured out for myself, since I'm a big guy, whenever I'm doing like hand grappling or tweete, right? It's like, I mean, in order, if somebody roots down on me, maybe I'm not going to get the technique if I go at it directly. But if I bump into somebody just enough to get them off balance, and then I can shift do whatever I need to do, make that happen. To me, I look at that as more reactionary, looking at it from, hey, something didn't happen the way I planned. I better make something happen or something's going to come at me unplanned that I don't want. Right. So, right. And, that I, that I, think, I think is a fair enough dichotomy, dichotomy there. Um, but then it's like it's rooting, rooting out the knowledge, knowledge from the knowledge base that we're, we allow ourselves, right? Right. Um, whether, whether it's just keenly focusing on just whatever karate or curriculum we've got or trying to put everything together from a bunch of different sources. So, which can you know go one way or the other, but I think maybe to kind of flip that on the knowledge side, it's, it's one thing I've seen a lot lately where people are reacting to kind of maybe loss of knowledge and trying to, to kind of restock on things. And I think it, you cannot discount people who have an encyclopedic knowledge base in their heads. Oh, absolutely. 
that's like true that to me is true knowledge yeah it's something yeah. I, I i i envy to emulate one day I, I don't know if I want to emulate that as I'm as I'm getting older, but I mean, yeah, I definitely definitely respect that from from people that can do that, and so absolutely, I mean, if you know, if you've got somebody that knows every single kata in the, you know, or every single thing they've been taught, almost from a photographic memory sense, I mean, that's that's amazing yeah that's a wealth of knowledge you're right but yeah but what are you doing with it i mean are you teaching that knowledge are you are you sharing that knowledge are you keeping it to yourself or are you able to use it and, and so I, I think those are the three things that are that are interesting when you really look at knowledge. It's use and dissemination. Yeah. Yeah. And even how you're disseminating it, are you disseminating, like teaching it in, in a correct manner, right? right. Are, are you teaching people to have a framework of, of this is all practical, this is all useful, this is all something you can use almost immediately? Or is this something that you cannot use as only an exercise? Yeah, or, you know, or like some things like, okay, I was taught this, I don't want to share it with anybody. Well, one thing for me, you know, I'm not saying for, I mean, everybody's different, but for me, the only way I tend to understand something is if I'm sharing it and I'm actually teaching it, therefore it kind of holds me accountable for me to get better with it and possibly develop skill with it. Right. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, you know, I, I would say there's there are certain things definitely I I have only very fundamental base knowledge of, like well, one one of the wep, one of the weapons that we work with is with comma. I'll, I'll I'll say that right, and I would say I have just a base fundamental knowledge of comma. I'm not. I would, I would say that's probably one, one weapon, definitely that I have limited skill with because it's just not something I really. I, I've studied it enough to to know the knowledge piece of it, but not enough to really build any true skill with it. If that makes sense, right. But then does that mean, like, okay, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, at the top, was comma, tombo. How far away are they, they in terms of weapons? How how closely related are they? Can you do the same technique with a comma that you can with a tombo? Some yes, some no. It's just yeah. the design. I mean, now, understanding the design of it, things like that, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely important. That that gives you a, a separate set of knowledge than just doing an exercise, just doing a kata. But if you understand the design of it, yeah, you, you understand another part of knowledge, if, if that makes sense. I'm not trying to categorize it, but I, th- I right. think... I think there are different different banks of knowledge that, that you get. Yeah. If if that makes sense. I mean, you have, you know, just fundamental, then you get into it and then you understand, you know, kind of the principles of it and stuff. But that's but that but that's also I think that's one of the things I take from my engineering profession into into my martial arts is I I I break things down like that. So, well, and I think it's that's not wrong to bring to bring that in there because that's that fits right in, right? And, There's, and that fits me. That's yeah, how, that's how I work. Other people don't work the same way I do, and that's cool. Right, but I mean, like, there's you're right in saying there's the kind of a bank of knowledge or that like well of knowledge that's in one thing that's not necessarily in in the other. So to say that, like, you didn't study comma that much, so you don't really see a lot, a lot in it, but you have some, like, basic knowledge of it, but that's not necessarily a large amount of skill. Yeah, I feel the same way about, you know, bow in that way. Where I'm like, eh, I've got a knowledge of it, but I don't necessarily feel like I've got wide-ranging bow skill that I think other people just do because of their use of it. Does that mean that I don't know how to use it? No, but I mean... But I think there's, I want want to put it this way, and even we can take this into, you know, open hand too. Because there's some people, there's some people who love striking. There's some people who love grappling. There's some people who, you know, think like groundwork is going to be, you know, your ultimate, your ultimate friend. And some people who think opposite. Right. Right. So with that, with that in mind, you know, having, it's the million techniques versus one technique. Could which which one is better? And a lot of people just say the one. But I don't know if that's necessarily that's necessarily true. I I think the answer is more yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's got. I, I mean, I I will say this. I mean. I, I don't know if I've, I, I know I've told you the story, but I don't know if I've mentioned this, but on any of the podcasts, one of the things that I, just as a personal goal that I, I'd set out in my training was, you know, I mean, have the 12 basic tie, yeah, boom, but also no one kata from each one of the 11 weapons that are that are technically in our system right and it was really interesting because once once i i I accomplished that goal it opened up a lot of things for me i saw things a lot differently and I, I, I don't think it, it wasn't like ah, magic or anything like that, but I understood the design of several different things and I could see the design in many different things, if that made sense. Right. How the, and like you can see how 
one one kata or one idea can spread out into pretty much pretty much all of them right right because a straight punch in one kata is and if it's in another kata it's going to basically be the same straight punch well not not on that but i mean the straight punch here can also relate to this weapon or that weapon or how a straight punch can re relate to sai or manji sai or or even from a bow or, or an aku you know and you you can kind of see that and probably some people are like what are you talking about but you kind of notice the, the similarities and the differences in what you have to do to make certain things work different and same way with body types you know if you know, if you're five foot two, you're not going to be able to do some of the same things that, that somebody who's six five or six six is going to be able to do. Why? Because there's a different type of advantage. And there's and there's there's the other thing: adaptive knowledge and adaptive skill. Exactly. Right? If you Absolutely. if you if you can have it, you can have. And teaching teaching adaptive skill is a. Uh, not something quite, not very common these days, um, if if ever it was. But um, knowing how to knowing how to adapt adapt to situations, you know, that has to get that has to come ultimately through experience. But you have to have somebody with the not with the knowledge base to be able to get to be able to put that out into or into a class, right? You know, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think to a point. I think I think you lay the groundwork for someone to try to figure it out and I think for adaptive skill and adaptive knowledge the person themselves has got to be able to figure that out on their own at that, right. at that point at that point in that level um, is that something you're going to teach at a white belt level or at the very beginning of your coursework no I mean you could lay the seeds Huh? You, you yeah, make the foundations start, good. Start, they should. They, they should be able to do it, right? Maybe. I mean, it, you definitely plant the seeds as early as possible, but whether they're able to pull that off, I mean, it it's going to take time. It's not going to be something that's going to happen. You know, class two or something like that. It's just, no, 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 no. Um, I mean, it, 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 you know, it. it it, it evolves into everything that you do. I mean, it evolves into experience, it evolves into knowledge, it evolves into failures, from learning from failures, which I, th I think that's I think that's one of the best best skill builders you can have. What failure? Yeah, absolutely. That's like the latent day. That's I feel that's a latent day theme. With a lot of media these days, is failure fa failure is your friend, rather than oh. like as long as you don't you're not dead and you don't lose a lose an appendage, you know. Well, I mean, there, there's a there's a commercial going on um, with I believe it's AT and T, and they they talk about okay is not just okay, and you got a surgeon come in, and they're like, guess who got reinstated? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's okay. We'll figure it out when we get in the surgery room, you know. And it's like, no, that's not. You you don't want. Right, that, right, right, that, right, right. But but I, th I think I think people have 
have to have to be given at least a little bit of leeway to figure out what failures they can actually do. Maybe I'm not wording it correctly, but in order to really build skill, you really need to have a little bit of freedom to fail a little bit. Right. And then have that time to reflect and learn from it. Kind of like in our guiding principles, you know, study earnestly the cause and matches. Yeah, that's that's part of what you're talking about. You're, you're not going to win all the time. Nope. And I think there's... That's the only th- thing I think you could you could do competitively i think and there's i think there's there, to a degree there's some way you could like come competitize how like how people how you measure a situation right you could you could simulate that in class to a degree is that someone comes up to you and what do you do yeah right and like if okay you're on the ground and you're dead you lose so i think yeah. that's that's possibly one of the best things you could probably do in class to build that skill and get the knowledge and get the knowledge from those experiences um so weirdly is that a friend uh when i was teaching somebody kata at one point that um i forget where the conversation went but it he's my friend turned to me and was like well we can't just stop doing the kata like once we learn it we can't stop it you know like it's all it's it's like it's but like from that, you've got to learn. That means you've got to learn from it. Well, I mean, yeah, you definitely learn from it. But what are you going to build off of it? Right. What are you going to build from it? I mean, I, I I go back to one of the quotes that you know Dave Ramsey gets into in one of his classes. You know, you take a brick, you take a brick, and it is immoral. There is nothing. There is nothing good nor bad about it. It's what you do with it. Like, you can take that brick and begin to build a foundation for a building or build a wall with it. That's something positive. Or you can do something less positive and possibly throw it through a window to go break in somewhere. That's less positive. But the brick has nothing to do with it. And, and that's kind of like your exercise in kata. It's like, technically, it is immoral. It, it, there is no judgment by what you're actually doing. It's what you do with it. Right. That, and, and, if it's, and if it's building skill, if it's acquiring skill, if it's using it for an analysis tool or or looking at it from the picture of okay, I went and sparred. How can I, how can I use this footwork in my sparring? Maybe do this. Maybe I do a hand change, like in this kata. What, what, what is it actually building? So, and and I think, I think that's where a lot of people are shortchanging a lot of training, possibly. Yeah, because they think that I have I have brick er, ergo I have skill and knowledge. Yeah, so it, it's and, and you know it it's not it's not going to go. You're going to get a wheelbarrow full of bricks. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you if you if you don't have the mortar to put it together, it's pretty much worthless. 
So, well, well it's it's a it's a wheelbarrow full of bricks. So, oh, and I think that's that goes into like it's not even just even caught in knowledge. There's lots of people who I think it was one thing that was interesting when I was working with some Kyokushinkan guys a while a little while back was. Yeah, you know, I kept on asking them. It's like, hey, what kata do you guys do? Because I mean, like, that's kind of where my perspective was. Because we'd gone to two or three classes, and they they did not do any kata, like zero. Um, and I'm sure plenty of Kyokushin people who, are, if they're listening, probably agree with them. And I was like, so what kata do you do? It's like, well, we've got videotapes of people doing kata, but it's just never been a focus. The only focus for us has ever been is just doing kumite. And because we have two kata from two different systems, Shotokan and Goju, and they've got two different sets of stances that we kind of mix together, but it kind of depends on who's teaching. Um, we just simply don't fo- we simply don't focus on it unless when it comes to time for testing, which I think is like emblematic of like pretty pretty where I think a lot of different people are, where they. They see there's a skill they want to acquire, but then there's this other thing over here where they've got to kind of get this bump in the road over with. Um, that's kata or uh, exercise or prearranged exercise or whatever. And then they divert from that bump in the road back to what they were doing, which was, you know, sparring or, you know, drills or even maybe even a completely different martial art. Yeah. Um but because they wanted to kind of get to this bump in the road to kind of achieve the next goal, achieve the next thing, they're stopping their knowledge to get they're they're stopping their skills to gain knowledge that they don't want. And they're 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 getting knowledge that they don't want and stopping themselves from getting skills that they've been working on. So but I think if people can look at what they do analytically and look at what they want to do in a more critical fashion, they can, you know, come to better conclusions. Like, not doing that. Like, not stopping what you're doing to get the skills that you want for something that you really don't need. Or looking at what you're told to get and then actually thinking like, hey, maybe I actually need to practice this on a more regular basis and integrate it more into what I'm doing. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree 100% on that, so. Absolutely. I think maybe we've beaten this this over the head with a tombow a lot. Maybe we haven't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> to throw that story in there. Okay, got it. Wait, what? Wait, what story are you talking about? Are we thinking about two different things? No, no, it was um, the guy in the thing. No, it was how I how I got my. Uh, do you want to do you want to cap it off with that i I, I can cap it off with that it's kind of a funny story speaking of tombo because i i heard this story for the first time today and was like yeah we'll save it for another time but now we're talking about it and just go for it um yeah how i got my first set of tombo was um we were doing some bokumite jitsu with uh, my first instructor robbie and we were working with two rattan bows. I mean, they're brand, they're pretty much brand new bows. And so we're, we're going through it and we're, we're hitting pretty hard. And there's one part where I'm trying to block my head, you know, and just put the bow up and, and he comes down, wham, 
boom. And there was a two foot piece of, of this for 10 bow. And I mean, it was perfectly just, just cut right off. Ends up hitting me in the top of my head. And I just thought, knocked me pretty silly. I wasn't quite out, but uh, yeah, I, I felt that for a few days. And so, um, after that, I, I came back to class, I think about a week later and he says, Oh, by the way, yeah, we're, we're going to start working on Tombow. Okay, great. And okay. And he goes, don't worry. Here's your, here's your set of Tombow. And I'm like, well, where'd these come from? He goes, remember the bow it snapped and hit you in the head? Yeah. And he goes, that's where it came from. Congratulations. There you go. So yes. Sweet. And what's funny is I still use those even to this day. What, what, 28, 29 years, almost 30 years now. So a bow that was never meant to be a bow it was meant to be a Dombo. Yeah, that's right. It, it had its own mentality. It had its own direction in life. It's like, nope, I'm going to do this. So anyway, that is yeah. the true. De- it had its own true destiny. It had its own true. Yeah. Well, it's on my wall now, but yeah, like I said, I still work with them to this day, so it's it's all good. The Tombow of Destiny. <laughs> nice book title. No. If we ever if we ever publish any sort of like stupid YA fiction for for like teen karate, we can just we can use that. Sell that to or, Hollywood and make a mil- billion dollars. That or raccoon harpoon, it's still a good one. So it's yes, good. yes, but that that takes a little more explaining. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, so what so what are you working on this this week, Jeremy? Other than uh, getting diabetic shock from 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 smells in your house? Oh, geez, yeah, yeah. From baking palooza that my wife took on today is like, gee, Christmas it smelled like a bakery in here. Had about as much food as one too. It's like holy cow! But they're going out as gifts, so that's a good thing. Um, I don't know. I I was really kind of enjoying just kind of working with Tonbo, and I think that's probably where I'm going to go this week as well too. Kind of just really kind of focus in on that more so. So right on. What I'm doing is almost the same um is getting taking a broom and pretending it's an aku and getting getting my aku back down back down to where it should be um unfortunately aku is not so unless i wanted to steal an ore from a marina around here really couldn't do that but i think hey a broom works just as well um we could also probably call this podcast karate on a budget we didn't want to call karate without belts. Hey, you know what? I mean, sometimes that's that's a uh, very uh, very applicable a lot of times too. So, hey, I think there's more brooms than acus a- lying around. But and there was one kata that is apparently in our system called the women's aku kata, and yes. <laughs> I didn't know this until years and years later of actually learning it. 
And funny enough, like the guys, the guys who knew it, I knew, like didn't didn't really know it was called that. And it wasn't until years later, someone else was like, oh, yeah, that's the woman's got it. I'm like, what? So nothing against that. But apparently a lot of women initially had learned it and that's where the name had gotten. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I'll, you know, have a pink Aku any day of the week, but. Hey, absolutely. So. Yeah, that, that brings up a whole other topic. I'll we'll talk to you about offline. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's not meant for the podcast, but yeah, it's. But anyway, yeah, I, yeah, it it is interesting how a certain a certain kata will be geared for one one person or the other and things like that. So it's just over time. So it's interesting. So. Is what it is, but yep. cool, cool, cool. Well, folks, um, well, Jeremy, anything else you want to say in closing? No, I'm, I'm good. Cool. Well, folks, thank you for listening, and don't forget to keep on training. <laughs>